are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. I'm Evan Klosky. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, and online at fanstreamsports.com. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join Ulysses and I this week to get in on the action and conversation. Spotify Greenroom. It is a Friday, which means we're once again joined by WTSP Channel 10 Tampa Bay Sports Director Evan Klosky right at the start of college football season. Evan's got to be a happy camper right now. He's got football and baseball going on simultaneously. Yeah, it's it's the best time of the year, honestly, and and it's even better when, you know, the Ohio State Buckeyes are able to to get a victory against Minnesota and make something happen, even though they gave me a heart attack for a half. But we had that. We had a UCF play a tremendous game against Boise State. We won't mention what happened to USF. Wasn't pretty. No, they didn't play. They didn't play at all. <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. They did not play. They did not show up <laughs> in all intents and purposes. That was a, it was not a good performance uh, to put no. it, to put it as nicely as I can. Yeah. And uh, I blame Evan because he didn't find us a quarterback in From- new order. In Hawaii. That was, was part of the issue there. That's right. You had one right. job. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to become an Ohio State fan or, or a fan of one of the Blue Bloods. Like, I, I, yeah. I got to change allegiances. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm done. I'm out of it. Willie Taggart ain't walking through that door again. No. Yeah. Actually, yeah, he, might. Be, he might. He yeah. might. <laughs> yeah. He, he changes jobs like underwear pretty much. He's at FAU right now. Um, speaking of a team that, uh, you know, hasn't been so hot the last couple days the Tampa Bay Rays I cannot remember or recall the last time they lost back-to-back games nor you know scored more than uh, uh, two runs over the course of two games so not a great September start so far mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And not at all and, and, and like you said when was the last time they lost two in a row I, I don't even remember it must have been like again the against the Mariners possibly yeah that was it. Yep. Uh, that was at the beginning of last month. So if mm-hmm. if if there's anything to kind of get a silver lining, it would be really nice for September to start just like August and end just like August did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's look the the Rays are a tremendous team, and and yes. sometimes you're just going to hit one of those uh, one of those rough patches. Um, yeah, you know it's tough because look they they split the season series right, and that that's the biggest takeaway because entering the series, I think any Rays fan would have taken two of two. So mm-hmm. it, it just, it stinks when you win the front end and then you lose the back two. So it just has this ugly taste in your mouth, but a, at least they're still home. It's not like a, a travel day sort of deal. Uh, they got Minnesota coming to town, so they should be motivated because they lost the series to them, which, you know, out of all the teams, you know, at least Seattle is in the race. I mean, twins one's a little bit more, inexplicable, but yeah, you know, they, they got three days here to get right before they played Boston for the last time. And you did what you had to do. It wasn't the perfect scenario with the two and zero start, but the Rays don't have to gain ground. The Red Sox do. 
And the Red Sox right. didn't on that trip. And they only have three more chances to do that against the Rays. So unless the Red Sox have a sweep in their back pocket, uh, Boston is in big time trouble and staring at that wild card game. On the bright side, you know, if we're going to glean a positive over the course of this series, Wander Franco continues to do amazing, amazing things as he extends his on base streak to 33 games. And he's now being in the conversation with Mel Ott, Archie Vaughn, Frank Robinson, Mickey Mantle. Those are some of the types of names that he's being thrown about with. And what I loved about yesterday's game, I mean, he, he was dealing with a headache or an ear issue or injury. And he called the training staff over and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing too good. But he has the gumption to finish the at-bat and make sure he continues <laughs> He draws yeah. a walk and then he immediately is like, I got to leave. I got to get out of the game. Like, honestly, watching Wander Franco to me, like even a walk, him drawing a walk is exciting and fantastic. I, I, I just have this vibe like he's almost gotten to the point of every every game now is a much must watch just to, to see if this streak is going to continue. And I mean, he already has the longest single season streak in AL history. And uh, assuming there's no injury issue or something that's going to set him back. I mean, I, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. His, his numbers are unbelievable since that low point. Um, and, and, and honestly, since the all-star break, uh, you know, you got to remember that for the longest time, I think at his low, he was 197. And what is he now? I, I, I didn't see after yesterday's 0 for 2. I mean, he was around the 27, the high 270s. So, um, like, he has gained 100 points in about, yeah. like, a little more than a month. And it's, it's everything that we talked about. And even when he was having the slow start, the stressing of patience, and, you know, that's why we, we made the comparisons to Trout and Vladito and, and all of them because they all came up and they did not crush it right away. There was a transition. And to see Wander make that transition and thrive has been so much fun to watch. He is the best player nobody is talking about. He is a rising star in a game. And he's going to be, hopefully, once uh, you know, a couple of years down the line, they they figure out how to pay him. Uh, he he's the new face of this franchise. You know, you're looking for somebody to rally around. Uh, he is a part of that collective group and not only a face of the Rays, but eventually going to be a face of baseball. When you mention guys like Tatis, Vlad Jr., Shohei Otani, uh, all of them. I mean, he's going to be in that clump of dudes that is must watch television. So uh, it's remarkable the run that he's on. Um, hoping that he's okay, because I know he's going to go through some concussion tests, make sure that everything checks out. Um, obviously a, a must needed figure on this team with what he provides and, and not even with the bat. I mean, recently, I think now that the bat is where it's supposed to be, you're starting to see the defense really uh, impress and, and yes. make a couple of amazing plays here and there. I forget which game it was. He, you know, a tremendous double play yesterday. He, he picked the ball out of, you know, off the turf and was able to, to get an out. So uh, just all around wander has been wonderful. He really has. And, and, and you can see the body language 
he's a looser in with this recent success. And, and that obviously impacts how you're going to be playing with the glove and with the bat, you know, if, if you're having fun and he's smiling and more, and he just looks a little bit more at ease and, and that's good. And to your point about how he's going to be in a, a future face of the franchise and future face of MLB. When you talk about guys like Soto, Acuna, Tatis, Franco is definitely going to be in that conversation, but I think the, the the point is is how much does he have to do how more to be able to be clumped into that group? Will he be, will he ever be clumped into that group? I think yes, but how long of, of sustained success does he need to be clumped into that group? I, th- I think yeah. I think when the power when the power comes because we're seeing flashes of it, and you know you got to remember he's still twenty. So the power is coming, um, but it's not quite there yet. And even as I say that, you know, Chris Sale, uh, they were talking about on the broadcast last night, just saying like, that was, that was not a home run ball that he hit against Chris Sale. And he was flabbergasted that he took that one out. So there's going to be a time where Wander hits like 30 bombs in a season. I don't know if that's next year. And I don't know if it's a year after that. But as this guy gets older and stronger, and he's already built like a, a muscle hamster, shout out Doug, Doug Martin, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he's built that way. So he, you're going to see him just kind of grow into a brick wall. Um, once he starts doing that, then you're going to start hearing his name because Vlad, Tatis, Acuna, uh, you know, and, and Acuna is a great example. He's a, he's a five-tool player, but he hits a ton of bombs. So that's, that's what gets the people going. Yeah. And Ulysses, I want to get your take on this too. I would think that, so again, it's only been what 55, 60 games of production from Wander Franco. He was called up in, was it uh, late June, mid June, something around there. Of course, Soto Acuna Jr. Tatis Jr. Guerrero, they have at least a year, year plus couple years of, of a lot of production on the resume, I would think that Wander Franco would have to do this for an entire season. So maybe towards the end of next year, we can legitimately start throwing his name into the conversation. I think he's, he's slowly getting up there, but I don't think at least getting some perspective from the national media that it's still Soto Acuna Tatis Guerrero. And then it's, you know, maybe mention a Bo Bouchette, and a, a Raphael Devers or something like that. I would certainly, you know, put Wander in a top 10, top 15 list of players under 25 years old, but I still don't think he, he just hasn't had enough time to really be thrown into that conversation, but he's certainly on pace. He's already compiled a two point. He's already compiled a 2.3, 2.4 war over these 55 well, games. Like four guys in history have done that. And they're all well, Hall of Famers pretty much. They're going to be Hall of no. I agree with you. I think if you want him to be in that part of the conversation with the national media, you're going to have to wait until the end of the 2022 season. Mm-hmm. But let's talk numbers. I love that you brought that up. He has 2.4, 2.3 war with uh, in 55 games played. If you look at those other three guys, Soto, Acuna, and Tatis, their first season, right? They all played, uh, well, Soto played 116 games. He had a three war. Acuna, 111 games, 3.9 war. Tatis played 84 games, 4.2 war. So Franco would slide in right with the games of Tatis, but probably most likely uh, 
in between Soto and Acuna with 3.2 war, maybe. That's pretty good. I mean, so he's on track of uh, uh, of of what they did in their rookie season. So, again, you have to give it time for him to be added into that group. And I think that'll be at the end of the 22 season. But everything's tracking pretty well for, for Wander. And I agree with Evan. I think n- no matter how good he is, if the if the power doesn't develop, then I think he's not going to get as much of a spotlight. And again, that's okay too. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he wants all the spotlight that he can get. He's still going to be a very valuable player if he doesn't have 35 homer seasons. But I do think that if you can take Chris Sale to opposite field with that high fastball outside the zone, the power has to come. Like, I mean, that doesn't, yeah. you know, I never saw Elliot Johnson do that. I never saw you know, the Elliot re- Johnson reference. If you have, yeah, we've already got a Doug Martin and Elliot Johnson here. This is show. This this is already shaping up to be the best episode yet. Yeah, where's at least the Reese Rignac take? And really, yeah. uh, uh, I just want to I want to jump in off of that and just continue with the numbers a little bit. So right now, uh, in 56 games, Wander Franco, 43 runs, uh, 13 doubles, three triples, seven home runs, 35 RBI two stolen bases. He's batting 275, 34 strikeouts. So if we were to make this over the full course of the season, you're looking at around a hundred runs. You're looking at around 20 home runs. You're looking at around 100 RBIs. You're looking at less than 100 strikeouts right there, probably at like 100, you know, 102, something like that. And uh, as far as like extra base hits are concerned, you're, you're around like 55 60 so um it's i mean when you like multiply it and you put it over a full course of a season which you know barring any injuries uh next year he's going to do which is when the hype train is going to start because at the end of that year you know people are finally going to see the totality of his numbers and they're going to be like holy crud mm-hmm. this kid is something else even and though I we all one more see thing. it now i want to add one more thing to that evan the walks. You mm-hmm. said the strikeouts 34. He's got 20 walks. Mm-hmm. So we all know that with more plate discipline, with more time, that eye is going to just get better. So if he's already put, putting 20 walks and 34 strikeouts, that margin should decrease. And so he's just going to get even better just by being in the league even more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though I'll make the um, the devil's advocate is that if he goes for more home runs, the strikeouts uh-huh. might pump up. But we'll see. Um, you know, we'll see over time. He has, I mean, 20, 20 walks, 34 strikeouts, just something we don't see uh, no. anymore. So I, I wonder if he falls a victim of the times or he's able to kind of keep that mentality. I mean, 34 strikeouts after 222 at-bats, you got to remember, is uh, still way more than Tony Gwynn had in his full season. But... <laughs> Tony Gwynn's stats are the best stats you can ever find. Yes. What would it take for him to win rookie of the year this year? Would he have to break break Robinson's on-base streak for players under 20 years old at 43 games and just kind of build and continue off that? Because he has the I, – I just wonder if he was called up too late, like a month too late. Not saying that the race shouldn't have called him up earlier, but it's just he doesn't – Time isn't on his side when you had yeah. Randy Rosarina playing a full right. season, Shane McClanahan for all intents and purposes, and some of the others that are being talked about 
as American League Rookie of the Year candidates. Yeah, I don't think time is on his side there. And and remember the great Will Myers in 2013 with mm-hmm. his Rookie of the Year? Um, he won that. But the whole talk surrounding him was, well, the, can he really win it when he only played 88 games? I just did a quick Google search. I actually didn't know that. But yeah, 88 <laughs> games. Um, and there was a lot of talk about him. Should he win it? Franco has won, has played 56 games. Um he could play upwards of 80 games if he's in every game. And the problem is now there's this whole headache concussion slash thing that we don't know if he's going to miss any time with time is not on his side. I think he would have to do something ridiculous and, and, and he's already doing that ridiculous thing, which is the on-base streak. So if he were to break Robinson's streak and, and keep pumping numbers like that, then I think, yeah, it would give him some spotlight and some national media attention, which would obviously garner some votes. But time is not on his side. No. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. Um, remember, it's, it's it's rookie of the year. It's not who is the best rookie, who is the most talented rookie. So, yep. you know, I, I remember going back and forth with one of my uh, good friends in San Diego the year that P. Alonzo and Fernando Tatis were going at it for rookie of the year before Tatis got injured and Alonzo was the easy choice. Um, that season you had a home run masher versus an all around player. Now, when you were looking at like Tatis as a prospect and a player, he was for sure the better player. Having said that, when a rookie hits 56 home runs or whatever it might be, it's tough not to give him the award for rookie of the year. So, you know, as I agree, Franco would have to go above and beyond with something to shock and awe. I mean, I'm talking about like just a, he has seven home runs right now. Like you need to pump like seven in the month of, of right. September. Yes. And if he did that, uh, you would imagine all his other numbers are going up and his average is closer to 300. And, you know, he would have to just like really turn it on. But I really do think that it's Randy Rosarena who is mm-hmm. in the driver's seat with Brian Mountcastle right there. Um, yeah. I think he's a guy that nobody's talking about because he plays for just a absolutely atrocious team, but uh, he's having a, a phenomenal year for the Orioles. Yeah. So I think that he's not getting enough discussion as he should as well. Yeah. There's about a half dozen guys who might have more of a case, at least looking quick search here on baseball America, their rankings of who they think will win, AL Rookie of the Year. They've got Luis Garcia at the top with the Astros. Shane McClanahan, number two. Adolis Garcia, three. Randy Rosarina, Cole Irvin, Emmanuel Classe, Bobby Dahlback, believe it or not. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle. He's, he's turning then, it on. Yeah, and then on the cusp is uh, Wander Franco. We've told you before how awesome Built Bar protein bars are. They have so many different flavors. Coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, So many, so many different flavors, you can't get bored. And not only are these protein bars deliciously tasting, but they're healthy too. We're talking 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from just 130 to 180, just four to five grams sugar, just four to five grams net carbs. And again, all amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. We know you want some Built Bars. So go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, the numerals 1-5, and that'll get you 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
uh, despite what Wander is doing and uh, what the Rays have been able to do uh, this entire year, uh, Ulysses and I had a little prop bet as to what the attendance would be over the course of the four-game series with the Red Sox. I thought people were going to come out in droves right before the start of the football season. Hey, not much else to do. It's it's you got heated playoff race here, some built-in rivalry between the Rays and the Red Sox, and. I was completely wrong. I thought there'd be some 70,000 fans combined over the four game series. And it turned out to be like less than 30,000. Uh, you had 7,900, 6,300, 6,900 and 7,800. Uh, Ulysses and I actually did our part and went to the game on what was it? Tuesday or Wednesday? I'm losing track Wednesday. Of Wednesday. Oh, so you guys go and they start losing. <laughs> you notice that you notice that, right? <laughs> Besides the whole stadium location and everything that goes into that COVID, whatever you want to bring up, all the excuses, there is now the argument or case being made of ticket prices are too expensive and there's Mm -hmm. not a true cheap seat. Hey, get in for $5, $7, whatever it may be. I mean, Ulysses and I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn and saying we bought a couple of, I mean, not great seats out in left center. It's, it's okay, but it's it was forty nine dollars when you add in the convenience fee and service fee online, and then that doesn't even include the twenty dollar parking. So, and then there was some crazy, not crazy, but a lot of fans expressed uh, disappointment and rage because ticket prices were too high. Like the lowest ticket, lowest price ticket that you could get, I think, was around thirty dollars. And then the raise quickly slashed prices. No time for really marketing that or putting that out there and, and saying, hey, we've got really cheap. We, we've cut our prices in half, basically, for some of these games. So, Evan, you've been in sports media. You, you've been in a lot of cities. It, is this a fair argument that's being brought up to uh, by Rays Nation here? I mean, this is also the best team in the American League and, and may coming off a world series appearance and, and might go back again and has a lot of exciting players. But all that said, uh, there's some different dynamics involved. The, I, I th- look, there are a lot of reasons why the attendance woes have forever happened with this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that the fans lean into that sometimes too much. And what I mean by that is you have already kind of created this expectation that the fans do not come. So now you think you're owed cheaper prices to convince me from going now, just a devil advocate. Like I understand the fans perspective. I just want to show you just management, right? So if management slashes prices and makes everything 10 bucks or whatever, you know, then what's going to happen is, is when you get around playoff time or whatever it might be, and, and you try to, make prices market value of what major league baseball is and and what other teams do. It's like, well, what is this? We're not paying this. We pay that during the regular season. So, you know, I think already that they're pretty fairly priced, Um, you know, go, go anywhere. I mean, I would say 75% of the league, if you were to go into one of their stadiums and you'd search for a ticket, you'd be paying, you know, a, a pretty penny. You go to the Dodgers game, you go to the Giants game, you go to the Mets, the Yankees, whatever it might be. And, and by the way, um, you know, none of those places are down the street for people either. So 
you know, when I grew up on Long Island, going to going to Shea Stadium or or, or City Field, I mean, that's a, a 30, 35 minute drive. Um, the the problem is that the population here is kind of spread out to where you know, in like cities like New York, there's just such an egregious amount of people there that you know one group of people stacking on top of another going to a game, it always cycles and people want to do it. Um, here, just you have so many people living on the Tampa side of things and St. Pete is not the age demographic for people going to, to games. So you're really, you're really button heads. Long story short, I, I think that the, you know, the organization has to, compromise a little bit and i think that's what they're doing you know i don't see anything wrong with giving like really cheap tickets away up top and mm-hmm. keeping your prices down low the same you know you want it you want a good seat you want to you want that premium then here are the prices but you want to come to the game you want to have a great time for super cheap bring everybody we got a whole top top deck where you know i went and watched the mets and honestly it's Perfectly fine to see the game up there. Uh, you see everything. There's, there's no bad vantage point. So, um, yeah. What yeah, is that I, called, uh, Kevin? The TBT deck? Yeah, I believe it used so. to be or the party yeah. deck. Something along those lines. The party deck, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was I was also surprised that there was such low attendance for Boston, only because I figured there'd be more Red Sox fans coming too. Usually, Boston, New York, like I mean, those are heavily ticketed games. So. Um, they didn't even go out, but you know, as you saw with the ratings, super high, people stayed home. People are watching the Rays. you know, don't get it twisted. People care about the race. Just, there is a huge problem with marketing, with getting the, you know, uh, location. Um, honestly, like, you know, faces of the franchise, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's tough. I mean, the, the, we here, know everybody but you gotta remember the casual fan doesn't know wander franco yet the casual fan is like brandon lau like i mean mm. brandon brandon low you know like you yeah and so we don't even know yeah and, and, so, and, and again but that's a marketing josh issue low. right we got a josh low <laughs> reference baby <laughs> <laughs> but again that's a marketing issue right they have to put it out there in hillsborough county and billboards and all that but i want to go back to that point of the party of, of the party deck if I, if I can get into Yankee Stadium in the fourth deck and I can barely see the players, but I can get in for $10, that's a fan that you're actually, that you might be getting for life because you got him in for $10. I don't know why that party deck isn't used like that. Just get in the door, pay your 10 bucks. I don't know why they don't do what the Lightning did when I was in college. I'm sure that they still do it, which is if you go in there late, you get like 50% off a discount because you've missed the first period. So then you can watch the, the, the balls play, you know, the second and third, but for like reduced pricing, if you show your college ID, why mm-hmm. don't the race do that? I think like there's so many opportunities to get people in the door that they're just letting go, letting go by the wayside. Yeah. I th- and, and here's the other thing too. And, and that's what I was, the marketing is a big point, you know, and, and if you look at the lightning and what they do in town and just, what Vinick has done ever since he's taken over, not only has he kind of revived that area around Emily arena and, and built it up and supported it. 
Um, they're also very active in, in the community, which the Rays are too, but they're very active in promoting that and, and getting out there. And, you know, they are not only getting out in the community, you see it, you know, in the, after the first period, you see the check handed out, you see all, you see mm-hmm. the action, you see it. So, you, you know, you go to the Emily arena and there's the pregame show and you got to show up there 15 minutes early because you can't miss it because it's like unbelievable. And nobody else in NHL does it like that. Um, they're just, um, you know, I think sometimes just the Rays think of winning and numbers and people on a spreadsheet sometimes, like in the grand scheme of things with like the product. And when at least you're making decisions on, hey, like who's going to be trotting out there for our team next year? They don't necessarily think about, well, Evan Longoria is our guy and that's who's going to bring the fans to the game. They don't think about that. They think about, well, his days are numbered. We got to get rid of him now so we can win. So there's, there's like this, it, they're the best franchise at evaluating talent and knowing when to cut ties. And it's also one of these things where, you know, they don't, they don't get emotionally attached or, you know, so the, the two with attendance go hand in hand. It's just, which one would you rather want? And you're kind of seeing like winning, which is supposed to raise attendance, not working because, what you're sacrificing in that winning, you know, the Royals built the whole, like they built everybody up in the organization. They had this whole core unit and the city got behind them. And then they traded them all the Cubs built this whole core unit up together, got behind them, traded them all. The Rays just kind of like bring one up, pew, one up, pew, one up. Yep. Pew. And so it's never like this like movement. It's always just, this is the Ray's way. Oh, Blake Snell's coming up. I guarantee you he's gone in three years. Oh, Wander Franco, he's he's a good young player. Guarantee he's gone soon. It's like, and that's what you know, Ray's fans are trained to think. They're like they're they're already trained not to get too emotionally attached to the player because they're afraid they're gonna leave too soon. Honestly, Evan, we're actually looking at the core right now. This is like another core. Mm-hmm. Like if you look from 2018 when they've got the, the, those first 90 wins. You're looking at Joey Wendell was in that team. Brendan Lau was on that team. Uh, 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 Kittrich was on that team. Mm-hmm. And, and from 2019, Austin Meadows was on the team. So Yandy Diaz, uh, I feel like we're actually in that core, but it doesn't get talked about enough because, you know, small market. And, and it, we always think, oh, they're going to be gone. I want to go back to a point that you said, the Longoria thing. It would be really an interesting survey. I don't know if this is, could possibly ever be done, but go to the trop. <laughs> And look at people's jerseys and what is, what is, I want to see the top five players that people are wearing on their back. And I, and I don't know about you, but I, I feel like I see a lot of funny names in the back. Mm -hmm. People just have fun with it. Like I I saw a guy uh, saying cowbell kid. I've (laughs) seen another guy saying Dwayne stats, just putting Dwayne stats in the number 98, you know, is Longoria still the number one Jersey that you see? after him being yeah. gone almost five years now th- th- that should that's just you know tell you something about the franchise mm-hmm. yeah it really does i still see a lot of longo out there and even some carl crawford it's pretty crazy although you do see some people out there really leaning into the wander franco jerseys and jerseys so that's a really good sign going forward with that mm-hmm. uh i blame some of the attendance woes on, on kevin kiermeyer being injured the last couple of years and tyler glass now now being out that you know yeah. the, the good looks it it you know, people don't have a reason to go to the game and, and uh, I catch uh, those two among others. So, um, all right. And I would love to know what 
the raised marketing budget is. I think that could be a mm-hmm. big consideration. Mm-hmm. I, I don't just want to blame the marketing team and the staff there. Maybe it's Sternberg that isn't giving them a lot of resources to do a lot of stuff. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Again, remember to use that promo code locked on L O C K E D O N locked on L O C K E D O N at bet online, your online sports book experts. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without all the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting around and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Ulysses, you have a great point about memorabilia, and I want to get to that. Might have to do that next week because we are running out of time here, but uh, I'm sure that'll be a longer conversation with Evan as to uh, what's his go-to piece of uh, baseball swag uh, going um, forward with that, but we can actually put it on, on on Twitter and then talk about it with Evan next week. There we go. Yeah, that sounds good. There <laughs> we go. Very good. Um, Utilizing so, all platforms. Hey, that's what we try <laughs> Ulysses, to do here. Ulysses' mind at work. That's what we try to do. Um, couple. It's been a while since we did like a real trivia, so I got a couple quick things. I think Ulysses has a name that war, but uh, we've talked a lot about Brandon Lau of late. We are. I guess in a way obsessed about Brandon Lowe and what he's been able to do, particularly with the power. And I have a question for both of you. You'll have to put your heads together and try to figure this out. There are only three players to hit 300 plus homers while playing at least two thirds of their games at second base. Name two of those three players. So, uh, the second baseman. And I can the first one the has question. to be Jeff Je- Kent. Jeff Kent. I was gonna be up. Okay, that's good. Who's who's another guy? Did Craig Biggio get over 300 home runs? Because if he did, then he has to be here. Well, I'm not answering that question. No, no, so. I'm, I'm talking to Evan. <laughs> oh, I, okay. Um, so you I, like Biggio? I like, I like Biggio, just like longevity wise. I don't know if he had 300 bomb, but I don't think so either. But um, maybe. We can go Biggio. Let's go Biggio, yeah. Incorrect. Damn it. Worth a shot. Um, second base, second base, second base, second base. Uh, did Alomar? I thought about Roberto Alomar, and I'm thinking the same thing with Biggio. I don't know if he had 300 bombs. Mm. But, uh, you know, if you said Alomar and I thought Alomar, let's go, let's go Robbie. Strike two. One more. Yeah, okay. Um, second base. <sighs> Within the Tigers, was it Trammell? Mm, no. Um, at least two-thirds of their games at second base. Two-thirds. 
Roberto Alomar had 210 career home runs, by the way. 210, yeah. How many Divisio has? Uh, I would have to yeah, look that up. But he might not qualify if he was playing other positions. Oh, All I right. got you. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Second baseman. Uh, are we bypassing a Yankee here? There's always a Yankee answer. <laughs> Craig Biggio had 291, so you guys were pretty close. Oh, Second come on. Second baseman, catcher, and center fielder. But you're wrong. I mean, it's not yet. I mean, you're close. If you want to stick him out there, unretire him, <laughs> I, and have him play alongside his son, you know, for a season and try to get that extra nine, I'll give it to you. All right, all right. Uh, like Rafael Soriano or something. I, I will say, Ooh. Ulysses, you, you have a good line of thinking of big markets and... I, I'm not going to say one way or the other, but you're on the right track. Okay, okay. Uh, Red Sox, are we are we missing a second base Red Sox? Ooh, no, PD did not get 300, not at all. Um, I, I would lean more towards the Yankee end of things. <laughs> That's just me. Okay, okay, thank you, thank you, Yankees. Second base, Yankee. Hmm. Just saying, Soriano I mean, I, was a Yankee. Yeah, Soriano was a Yankee for a little okay, bit. Okay, is that is that your guess? I mean, yeah, I mean, he's Whatever, a forty yes. forty guy. Yeah, so I, Rafael I, Soriano. Okay, Alfonso Soriano. Alfonso, Alfonso yeah. Soriano. Rafael is the reliever. <laughs> Incorrect. Robinson Cano was the name uh, I was looking for. Also, a New York Met, a suspended. Met, if you that's, will. That's an asterisk. His numbers don't count. Yeah. There you go. And then My the uh, the other guy, uh, I mean, you guys weren't going to get this. Rogers Hornsby is the only other player. Okay. Yeah, well, that seemed like a, a change-up on a change-up on a change-up trivia question, so I've thank totally, you for that. I've totally blocked Robinson Cano from my memory. Me too. His, his Mets tenure. Ulysses, do you want to throw out a name that we're running out of time here? So it'd have to be running really out of time, but I'll make it, uh, it it's, a, it's a pretty quick one. I went to the Northwest, as you guys know. So you can't go to the Northwest and not see Edgar Martinez stuff. Of course, he's the Hall of Famer. So I'm giving you a little bit of tip there. What is Edgar Martinez's baseball reference war? Man, this is tough because he's a DH. Mm-hmm. Um, We need to put a time limit on these things. Too much. Uh, I'll go 66. 66 for Evan Klosky. Kevin Y says 66.1. Oh my God. You price is writing him. Well, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Edgar Martinez is a baseball reference for the seven time all-star, the two time batting title champ. 70. I'll say 70. 70. You're still close. 68.4. Oh, we brought we, Edgar. We did, we did in the middle. Yeah, Martinez is sandwich. Five-time silver slugger. Seven-time all-star. Two-time batting champ. Of course, a Hall of Famer. Edgar Martinez, 68.4. Very That's good. That's not bad. That's yeah, a, great. Right within two. Tremendous career and tremendous guesses, guys. Yeah, I mean, if you have to... Look, Hall of Famer, you basically... 
position player DH, you're going to have to set the bar at like 60. For, you're, yeah. Guess somewhere above 60. And that's, you know, you're going to be in the ballpark there. And you add in the fact that he didn't play a position. And then it kind of all makes sense there. Uh, okay. Uh, that wraps up this edition of the Locked On Rays podcast. Remember to tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the Locked On Bets and Locked On MLB podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you next week.